How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This week, Danny and Dusty think everything's super. Oh, it's huge. Absolute youth. This is Danny and Dusty on Super Week. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. Uncle Uncle burning crap. Big butts back. The fan. Good afternoon. Happy holidays, everybody. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Holidays? Yep. That's that's the thing. What, what, what holiday? Super is this? Bowl weekend. Mm. It's Super Bowl weekend. We're fine. It's the the holiday weekend is upon us. We still us. don't have the Monday off. Should be a Galdar National holiday. You damn right. We're close to it because isn't President's Day next week? The next Monday. Yes. Do we get that off? Mm-hmm. We, do. we do. Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh wow. We do. Would you look at that? Right. Because that's Galdar all surprise. That's All Star Weekend. And, Not much is going on, and football's done, and yeah, yeah you exactly. know, it's we can we can get to it on Tuesday, but if it was uh, the day after the Super Bowl, we would not get it off. We would still be working. We would definitely still be working that day. Mm. We we would yes. we would be working that day. But again, this being an election year, we can all we can all bring it up, put it on the ticket, mm. have it as your stump speech. Day after the Super Bowl, you're going to win some people over. Day off, day after Super Bowl, and getting rid of daylight savings. That apparently is harder than anybody anticipated. This Who's the holding out? Of... Well, everybody is. Everybody's like voting to get rid of it, but then it never happens. That's what I'm saying. We... Who's who's holding out here? We only have Arizona and uh, Hawaii, right? There's just why now. I'm not sure so, about Hawaii, but I know Arizona. I think they th- can we take away their voting rights? No. no. What? Why? That. That's they're actually doing what you said you wanted to have happen. Oh, that's you saying they were the holdout. No, they're the ones that oh, okay. already don't participate. Okay, as if this country hasn't screwed over Hawaii enough. Well, that's what I was history. saying. I was gonna, I was gonna go down that that road of like, hey, like, well, you no, know, we... you're the one that took us down that road <laughs> yes. of taking away their voting rights. <laughs> yes. Why? That's, because I thought I thought you were saying they were doing bad things. No, they're the ones that actually don't acknowledge daylight savings. The time. beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah, I think. All 48 other states are the ones that you kind of need to worry about okay, in this we'll, conversation. We will, we, will, we will punish them. We'll take away their rights. Well, I think geographically Hawaii doesn't really need it. Uh, no, close yeah, to no, the equator. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the sun just kind of stays. They yeah. make the most sense. Yeah. Up here, we're the ones that probably should be sticking to it right. in the winter. It's going to yeah. be like 8 a.m. and dark outside. Yeah. I did. Like I said, I, I did the North Dakota thing where for about two and a half months in Grand Forks, it was... 
it was tough, man, because you would go to work six o'clock in the morning and it's pitch black and you would get off work at four o'clock in the afternoon and it's pitch black. Yep. That was that was tough. That was uh you'd go out you you'd you'd make sure you went out at lunch. Make sure you get outside, even though it's forty below. You'd, don't you'd, no, you'd, you don't need to go outside. You go look at the sun. Wonder why people don't live there. It was always very funny to watch smokers. <laughs> They'd light their cigarette. Just huddled. Oh no, they so there there was always like layers of doors to go outside. Like it wasn't just like one set of doors. There was like the dry room and then the wet room and then the outside. Like that's the level you have to go to when you're out there. And you'd see them light their cigarette in the dry room, walk out to the wet room, and in both both situations they'd take a drag in both rooms. It was a long process. Then they'd walk outside and you'd see them take the biggest drag you've ever seen in your entire life and then run, run back inside. It was just like Buddy, that'd you, get you to quit smoking, I think. No, they keep going. I'd, uh, they keep God going. I'm just like, have you considered uh, nicotine in another fashion? I guess if the lung cancer doesn't get you, uh, then the cold's not going to scare you. No, off. they're they're just committed at that point. And it's to always taking re- drags. It's always very funny to watch somebody smoke with, like the mittens on that are the size of an oven or the size of a, like a uh, frying pan. Like it's very. Little tiny cigarette, giant glove. You got to make sure you light that bad boy before you go outside. Oh, that's what I'm saying. You you light it in the dry room, and then you put the gloves on. And you also learn that people learn how to smoke without using their hands, so they they they, they put it like the cigarette, like in the in their teeth. What's in the a back. dangler? You dangle it off oh, that no, no, lip no. there. No, the, co- the, the cold will get to it. Bring so you, so you put it like deep in the back and like in the molars. Okay, these people are just idiots. Oh yeah, no, it was. The, the, yeah, they're just uh, morons. I would sit there point. and watch them with a dip in my lip and laugh. Like, <laughs> I have my cancer in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you're eating that cigarette. Yeah. I think if you were to ask, though, I think it would be Super Bowl as a holiday and then daylight sa- eliminating daylight savings. I think that would be one, too. Yeah. I mean, one, one of them's a day off, so we always take days off. Apparently, California's the, the holdout here. Yeah, freaking. Let's just move on without them. Peer pressure them. We'll just peer pressure them into not, and being like, oh, well, you guys are the ones that are just different then they'll yeah. they'll break it's also it's, it's interesting because it does kind of make sense for them in, in a sense because they're the long state like the difference between sunlight i imagine i would imagine from the northernmost part of the in state Wairica to san diego to san diego is probably pretty different it's way different yeah. they like i remember my cousins who were even like bay area they'd come up here in the summer they'd be like it stays light out so, so much long. longer <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's how this goes. Yeah, yeah. You, let me ta- let me tell you about five. Sun's still out. The are you tilt aware? of the Earth. Yeah, you're aware of the angle of the Earth's dangle. Yeah, the angle of the dangle. Well, what when you mean like because it's flat, so it just tilts like that. Is that what you're saying? I mean, the axis. It's on a tilt. But it's flat, so it just kind of like wobbles back and forth. Is that what you're telling me? Happens? No, it stays on the same angle, but the, then it mm. also depends on the rotation of the Earth itself and its revolution around the sun. That doesn't happen though, because it's flat. I get where you're going, and <laughs> damn it, <laughs> <laughs> took me a while. I think if you just kept saying it, eventually it was going to get in. <laughs> it was. It, it finally but settled with Jeff Rust. Right. He was like, he's like, no, damn it. Sorry <laughs> about that, Kyrie. <laughs> It just spins like a quarter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it spins like a quarter. Okay. 
All right. Now it makes all it's all making sense now. Almost filled up the whole segment with <laughs> We do have an offshore book. I have to the squirrel moment. Uh plus one hundred for Usher exposing nipple on stage during the halftime show. Ooh, thinking of Usher. He's going shirtless. Hundred percent. That dude still has a six pack. How old is is Usher fifty? He's probably right around there. Late forties. Forty eight? Forty five years 45? old. Younger yeah. than I thought. But I would have never have guessed that I say, I didn't Usher's think he was only older five years older than me. Yeah. I didn't think he was older than me. Yeah. But, but yeah. he did the Vegas residency uh, when I was down there for Summer League, and I, I know a, uh, a bunch of folks who went to that show, and, and yeah, he, he ripped his shirt off. I mean, I would too if I looked like that. I'm about ready to rip my shirt off. Right? Well, that's nothing new. Mm. His <laughs> first album, his debut album, was, he like 19? was in 1994 at the age of 16 years old. 16. 30 years ago. Whoa. That's wild. That's crazy. That Usher, what a performer. That's some stand I wasn't going to say what a guy. Because hasn't he had some, hasn't he had some controversies? He doesn't have a, a controversies page on his well, then that sells Wikipedia. Clearly right? not. Clearly, clearly no. That's the definitive answer if it's not on Wikipedia. <laughs> I would you say so. You publicist because... to wipe it every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ticket right there. Just go ahead, wipe that bad boy clean. Mm-hmm. Man, his personal life has got quite the. Jeez, Louise, he's been through it. He's been uh, with a lot of v- very attractive women. Chili, remember her? Yeah, TLC. Yep. The, Naomi, not, not the dead one. Naomi Campbell. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a really good one. And then uh, a stylist. Who? I don't a, a stylist, somebody who is a stylist. Oh, I thought you were saying. Like, saying I'm not familiar with her work. I'm. <laughs> I'm that, sure she's like, very isn't that, a, isn't that a pen? <laughs> Tamika Fo- Foster. I'll go ahead and Google that. Oh, personal stylist for Lauren Hill, Jay Z, Tony Braxton, Ciara, Patti Labelle, and Nas. Wow, that's a list. That Patti is... Labelle, and it's like and, one and of then, these things. And then is rap, not and like then rap the royalty. Other. It's yeah. like oh, okay. Yeah, and Rus- Russell Wilson's beautiful bride. Oh, yeah, she's beautiful, too. Tamika Foster. Well, that usher, he knows how to pick them. I mean, are you going to find a lot of ugly stylists? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason I mean, I've never been a stylist, but... I mean, probably? Just because you're good at picking it up for everybody else, I, I mean, f- you're... I feel like, yeah, you could be like, oh... Like you're ugly as hell, but I really like your style. Like yeah. uh, it, it, all what you're wearing makes me not look at your face. Yeah. I think maybe like there's a few that's like stylists the, that's out like there. Probably like the best stylist is like, look, I I dress so good that you don't care how I look. For me, like <laughs> I think of that like what you fashion designers like not all fashion designers like Karl Lagerfeld. Like you're you're not sitting there or, and you're like, oh man, look at that guy. It's like the opposite of I make this look good. It's this makes me look good. One hundred percent, and I. So I'm now that I'm thinking about it. I think there's probably a lot of stylists that are just not attractive people. But it's like you somehow look okay with everything you got going on, despite hired. <laughs> I th- imagine what I'm going to look like if you could do that with that palette. Look at what I can do. You could do with me. Let me show you what I can do. I think there. I think now it's all coming together. I think I'll. Yeah. A lot of stylists, probably not attractive. No, you don't have to be. Bingo. All right, uh, so will we see nipple? What are the odds on that now? Plus 100. Plus 100. I, I take like that bet. Sa- I feel like that's safe money. That uh, That's pretty close to even money right there. We're still talking halftime, right? Not the anthem? 
Yeah. That's Reba, I think. Yeah. Isn't it Reba? Yes. Oh, is it Reba? <laughs> Reba's doing the oh, okay. anthem. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know who was doing it, Tim. The anthem. I don't know if Reba really strikes me as Vegas Super Bowl. No, she strikes me as like Nashville Super Bowl. Or next year, like in New Orleans, like New Orleans Closer, Super Bowl, certainly. Houston Super Bowl, maybe like last Elvis year or person, next year, just Elvis not this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you see? Oh, mama. Just doing hip thrusts. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. Or maybe they just go, like, this is where you can go get you 2 They've got a residency. Oh, God. Britney Spears. Better. I guess you 2 you're going with an Irish band singing yeah. the national anthem, might be. Some people might be like, no! Also, But I, that takes the heat I off of Taylor Swift for I've a little bit. I've also had enough of Bono forced on us. The, oh, I, you mean like I, when iTunes, you bought your iPhone? Yeah, look, they will forever pay for that sin. <laughs> no, I'm not going to have this on my phone! But wasn't it for like like didn't they buy all of that to help like AIDS research? Wasn't that like Project Red or whatever it was? They can see so even if it's want. for a good cause, you're like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, I'm Screw out. you and your philanthropy. Yes. <laughs> How dare you take up my storage? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Reba, shirt on. Shirt on. Usher, definitely shirt off. Shirt off. Yeah. He may rip it off. That's what I'm saying. I I'm, think he rips it yeah. off. I think we we rip that off, and then we can read all the FCC complaints. I think those usually come out like Tuesday or Wednesday after the Super Bowl. All the people that ultimately will, will fuddy duddies that complain about Look, it. Being if they family. can stuff Fifty Cent in a bulletproof vest, they can take Usher's shirt off. Uh, upside down, yeah. <laughs> upside My man down had as well. all the blood rushing to his face. And then you can add the the fact that I think the option now for all of those those fuddy duddies, mm. they have the Nickelodeon. Broadcast. Oh yeah, put it on the, the the G rated. Just turn it on to Nickelodeon, which would they, be they, hilarious they if they like just some splats too. They superimpose SpongeBob over Usher during just so nobody gets upset. Patrick, Patrick. Yeah, that way when you him as the starfish. That, that way just, when you get a little little hip thrust, you get the starfish hip thrust. Exactly. Is that what they're going to do, or what are they going to do for their halftime show? Are they going to go and just play a replay of the Puppy Bowl maybe during that halftime show? I mean, it's a good show. Yeah, Puppy Bowl is great. Uh, Bark Purdy, ooh, is is one of the dogs I saw mm. in the Puppy Bowl. I like it. And then Did you just spend an entire segment naming no, dogs. I think it was Bark Purdy and ooh, I can't. I, I don't know who the Chiefs have a representative. Mm. I don't think it was Mahomes. I want to say it was something to do with Travis Kelsey, but I don't know. I can't remember what it is. Hmm. That's damn. It'll come to me. I'll yell it at some point, just go. randomly when we're not talking about anything Super Bowl related. I'll just randomly yell the Puppy Bowl name for the Kansas City Chiefs. I play. hope so. That's my promise to you. Thank you. All right, let's get to it. Today we will have the Vegas Insight. Uh, Ryan Horvat, Bet G MGM, the BetQL Network Insider, joins us at one thirty today. We've got Oa coming up at two thirty, where Jeff Rust has prepared rigorous. Preparation went into today's or Super Bowl. Yeah, thing. Super Bowl prop bet edition. I like it. Dun 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 dun. I like it. We got a lot of Super Bowl between now and then, and then we also have a, a lot of news too. Um, we have Chip Kelly. He just really just doesn't like UCLA. Yeah, I think he, that's what we learned. He is getting killed right now too. I don't know why. 
uh, probably bailing on the school right after signing day for a lesser well, position. It's not like he signed a good co- uh, class anyways. The they were third in the country. He's yeah. a bit late in yeah. the cycle. I think what it, we'll talk about this because I think you can sit there and understand why Chip Kelly was like, fine, screw you guys. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm out. We'll get to that. We have Joe Cronin address the media. You were there last night. Indeed. You were there at the Joe Cronin presser. Uh, what Joe Cronin had to say about the deadline, and then uh, Blazers lose the worst team in the NBA. You were there for that. I was. I blame you. I, well, okay, yeah, you can do that. You can do that. But, same token, can't be blamed either. Mm. Because that was, that was, whoa, Nelly, what a way to lose a game. Yeesh. 29 points from Ant, and then it's like you look over and he's got the ice pack on his ankle, and you're like, he had, he had a this is Michelin tire well. on his ankle. That was incredible. What to see to see how they wrapped that up. Good I was like, God. Well, looks like he's not coming back yeah, in. Yeah, they announced questionable, and I looked down to the bench and I saw what he had on his ankle. I'm like, hey, he's not coming back. So uh, we'll we'll discuss little Blazers as well. But now we got to get to the program. We got a three pulls up at Danny and Dusty on Twitter. You can go and get on those polls. Uh, and vote however you see fit. We'll, we'll get to one each hour. And where we start this bad boy off, time to jump into it. Who shows up and who shows out? Super Bowl 58. Danny and Dusty on the fan. You can go and get on those polls. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at warrenallen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Bang bang Niner gang. Bang bang Party like it's 2005. Uh, the two teams playing in the Super Bowl, Niners and Chiefs. This is E40's Niner gang. Ghost ride the whip. And then the Chiefs have got Tech Nine Red Kingdom. R.I.P. <laughs> Tech Nine's dead. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know Tech Nine was dead. Almost certain. Did I just kill somebody? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time, but... Uh, he is currently 52 years old. Oh, no, this is what it was. He was... It was him... Uh, he was mistakenly him. mourned. Mm, fake so death. They, so they put out that he was dead. That's those are hard. Those are hard yeah. to... It'd be those... the first time you killed somebody without Toby Keith playing in the background. <laughs> I never did it to a soundtrack. <laughs> We're gonna put a boot in your ass. <laughs> it was a Philadelphia battle rapper with the same stage name who had died over the weekend. They thought it was the act, the other more. You famous can't do that. Nine. You can't do that. It's Tech Nine with an actual numeral nine in there. Duh! Everybody knows that yeah. he's not dead. But so another sorry, Tech, Tech nine, nine died. Not yeah, in Philadelphia. Gosh, you got to keep your Tech Nines. T- you got to make sure you got to search your Tech Nines. Um. All right. <laughs> well, look at that. So good. I didn't hallucinate that a Tech Nine died. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. All right. Who shows up in Super Bowl Fifty Eight coming up on Sunday in Las Vegas? I was looking through my DraftKings uh, sports book here on my phone, hmm. and I'm trying to get my my bets in, my my parlays ready, get everything sorted out before the super duper big game, and. I was looking at the touchdown lines, the anytime score touchdown lines, and this was a little bit surprising to me. Obviously, you got three guys that are are minus money in that: Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, and um, Isaiah Pacheco. 
all minus money to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Hmm. Outside of that, everybody else is plus money on the betting line. So we put the poll up, most likely to score a touchdown of this group. You have Rasheed Rice minus or plus 130, Brandon Ayuk plus 170, George Kittle plus 180, and MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling. Whose name is too long for the poll. It is too long for the poll. So we got M Valdez Scantling. Plus 600 for MVS to score a touchdown. That's the best value by far. I think that is great value. It's plus, I think you get a Mahomes uh, touchdown anytime score plus 400. But that's not like throwing a touchdown. He obviously has to run the ball in or catch a ball for a touchdown. But he's plus 400 mm. on that list. But so I, I think they have that, that is MVS more likely is Mahomes getting in the end zone than over MVS. That's interesting. Scrambling and going for it. Hmm. But I, I, and look at the way that Steve Wilkes, the 49ers defense. I think MVS is really good value in this. That's yeah. why that's why I want him on this poll is to see where the people lie. Most likely to score a touchdown in Super Bowl 58. And we take we took all the minus guys out of there. Yeah. Because obviously, if they're minus money, everybody's expecting Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah Pacheco, yeah. and Travis Kelsey. Maybe we do a more likely to score multiple touchdowns with those Ooh. with those three guys. Who is it for you on this list? Uh I ended up uh going with um MVS. Yo, Marquez Valdez Stanley. All right. Yeah, I took MVS on this one just because I like right right now Kittle's winning the poll. Yeah. Which I found to be surprising. I love George Kittle. I think he's a phenomenal player. He is not prioritized in the passing game. Well, I because this is what Kyle Shanahan does, is he goes down the road of all right, whoever's hot, whoever's open. Mm-hmm. It's not a with with Travis Kelsey, you know there is the an effort there. from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. get the ball to Travis Kelsey. And this is the beauty of George Kittle. And what I love about George Kittle is he's never affected whether he gets the ball or not. No, the man just wants to hit things. He wants to hit things and end up winning football yeah. games. That's what George Kittle thrives on. And every now and then if you toss him a bone, he's just happy about it. And I do appreciate this out of Travis Kelsey. I think if Travis Kelsey had zero catches in the Super Bowl, but they won, I think he would be happier than a pick. I think you know this, what. this point in his career, I agree. I think five, six years ago, eh, maybe not. George Kittle, in his career... How many touchdowns do you think George Kittle has in the play- playoffs in, the in playoffs, his career? It's two, isn't it? It is two. Yeah. He only has two touchdowns in his entire career. He's got, what, seven playoff games? In the playoffs. Eight Eleven playoff, playoff that games that he has played in. Okay. And he has got two touchdowns and only 31 receptions in 11 playoff games, which is not uh, is not a lot. Yeah, I think it was, Less yeah, than three a game. And he averaged, like, I think, was it 41 yards a game? 44. 44, okay. So, yeah, it, it's just, look, is, does that mean he's primed for a chance to break out? Sure, you can look at it that way. The, the odds would say that. He's very capable of having a game where he goes for 87 yards and two touchdowns. I have no reason to suspect otherwise. But because there's four other guys in front of him, I just I don't think you go down that road. Where with MVS, yeah, it's Kelsey and Rice – but it's an equal opportunity. If all of a sudden that's the thing that's there, I think that's where the the number one quarterback in the NFL goes. I'm going uh, Brandon Ayuk in this. I think it's fair. I'm going Brandon Ayuk because Debo is going to be getting a lot of the attention. I sure. think you're going to probably see them uh, try to scheme their way to having 
as often as they can a Too situation over. where you have the Jerry Sneed over uh, Debo Samuel as much as you can. There's going to be so much attention. And where Brock Purdy kind of thrives in this is a, in, down the middle of the field. Where I, I does that's where he wants to work. I think he's got 47 catches this season in the in between the hashes. Yeah, pretty he good. Is, he is the guy that you want to kind of go and find him in the middle. I think he's prime for you get in the red zone, you're taking away Debo, you're taking away Kittle, you're taking away McCaffrey. Brandon Ayuk is the guy who's probably going to be running across the back of the end zone, and he'll be primed to get a touchdown. I'm going Brandon Ayuk in this, and I, I think I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put. I'm going to put some. I'm going to put some cash down on Brandon Ayuk anytime touchdown score plus one seventy. Are we, are we putting together a, a, a at least a seven legger? Oh, we want to do like a a show seven leg parlay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. I'm in for it. Okay. I'm in for it. Anytime touchdown by Ayuk, that'll put some juice behind it as well. Well, We need to definitely sort this out because we have varying opinions on who's going to win this game. Which is probably going to be a part of possibly... Actually, let's keep that out of the parlay. Let's keep a winner out of this. Money line or or spread. We're just going to keep it out. Okay, We're not going that. We're going anything but. Props only. We're going... We can hit the... We can... I'll talk over under. Okay. We'll go totals. Okay. I like it. We'll get this this all dialed in. All right. Um, but I'm going Ayuk in this because I, I do believe schemat- schematically, I think Ayuk has a really good chance. But the value bet of MVS, that's a really good one. Just a, on a bet on its own, yeah. plus 600. That's what, that, that's looking at that because everybody else is that, that plus 150, 170, 180 range. It was like, why is MVS so, like, I get, plus 350, plus 400? Okay, yeah, yeah. But plus six? That, that, that feels like a, a big push. And uh, we got a text, why no Debo odds here? Because I thought that would be the landslide. I think Kittle with his two playoff touchdowns makes you think about this Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Debo would be, I I can't believe he isn't minus money on the the, um, anytime touchdown score because he currently is plus 135. There's better odds for Rasheed Rice than there is for Debo Samuel to score a touchdown, which I find fascinating. Strange, to say the least. They're going to give the ball to McCaffrey, give the ball to check in the red zone. I think that's all mm-hmm. we're saying. And Debo's not not going to get the big one. Big pop, apparently. There was, uh, there was pretty good money to be found, pretty good value to be found on the uh, any time touchdown scored from one yard in. So a play huh. takes place at the one yard line or in and scores a touchdown. I think... Basically a goal line play. How often does that happen? Is there though? a goal line score? How many one yard touchdowns have we had in Super Bowl history? I tell you, the Seahawks didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't. They got an interception. You got a one yard one yard line interception. That's mm. going to make a lot of people really mad, and mm. I don't care. But <laughs> <laughs> not I, know, one, I know why you don't. One bit. Do not care, Mister Patriots fan. I think what we all know though is this game is going to come down to McCaffrey, Pacheco, Kelsey, those guys. But it is. I always love this about Super Bowls, especially when you have a defensive coordinator like a Steve Spagnuolo, who's one of the best to ever do sure. it uh, on that side of the football. You all, you, all these great defensive minds. It is no. We know number one's going to get theirs. Will number two or will number three beat us? I feel like the Super Bowls. That's that's what defined them. Shout out David Tyree. Didn't score a touchdown. No, but how impactful was he? Jackass. <laughs> You you woke up this morning and and you chose violence. Yeah, well, 
All right, let's uh, talk about those Raiders Super. <sighs> it was there. It was there. Uh, you mean the one where... Uh, John what, Gruden knew the play sheet? Well, yeah, because Bill Callahan didn't Did change a single thing from it, the offense like the when John Gruden left. When the other coach is sitting there looking at the coaches for dummies book on the sideline. That's 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 what that was. <clears throat> the NFL films of Gruden laughing, knowing everything that they were running was just brutal. And just the defense calling everything out, <sighs> knowing every single check at the line of scrimmage. See, and that's why coaching is important. That and Shanahan, his late game management is an issue. You can never look at a Kyle Shanahan offense and the defense will leave the game and be like, yeah, we knew what was coming. Yeah, we knew it was coming. <laughs> you don't know what's coming from Kyle Shanahan. You know the players and who they want to get the ball to, but the way he designs plays and the fact of how many different looks they will give you on a week-to-week basic basis based on their personnel, it is mind-blowing to think about. I, I think the stat is what somebody said, they put 60% of uh, install every single week into a week-to-week game plan, that's unfathomable. I mean, even the Kansas City Chiefs, they you have your bread and butter. You It's probably 20% on average, maybe if, if you're pushing it. And for a game like the Super Bowl, you'll probably have an install, install that is far greater. That, But week-to-week being 60%, I think that tells you a lot about the football intelligence of the San Francisco 49ers as well and why Brock Purdy really is that damn good. Because Ed, the quarterback has to be the guy who knows what everybody is doing on any given play on a week-to-week basis. And that he needs more credit for. Because there were moments and times where you would see Jimmy G's head spinning. And it was just like, this ain't it. This ain't it right now. I feel like these are all just veiled shots of the Raiders. Do not get that with Brock Purdy. No. And that is one of the most impressive things about him and this entire 49ers offense where they're really damn good, but what it takes between the years to retain that on a week-to-week basis is you don't see it. You don't see it. It truly is mind-blowing. Of which the 49ers have said that they recognized early in Purdy's tenure right out of the gate. Right out of the – well, as Shanahan – regaled us with the tales of what he told Jed York Mm -hmm. during training camp, which is our third guy's our best in training camp. We figure that out. Good luck. Uh, So go vote on the poll. It's up at Danny and Dusty on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Most likely to score a touchdown in Super Bowl 58. George Kittle, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Brandon Ayuk, or Rasheed Rice. We'll revisit this coming up in hour number three. Uh, It turns out when the breakup happened, this is the worst way to get dumped. It's not me, it's you. That after rest with Sports Center. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Chip Kelly has decided to leave UCLA, which nobody saw this coming. Please take me. Well, to quote Ace here, how long has this been going on? But I think what... You know what? You know what his name is? Charles Edward Kelly, which means he is Charles E. Kelly. 
Chuck does E. Cheese? It, it, it stands for entertainment. He's mm. Chuck E. Kelly. <laughs> How have we not known this? Chuck Entertainment Kelly? Chuck Entertainment Kelly. Has anybody ever tried calling Chip Chuck? I assume so. And what I'm guessing is that went over very poorly for them. You know? Would you say it went over like a Led Zeppelin? No, I would never say that because I don't understand that reference. That was the the old joke of how Led Zeppelin got their name. Is that I bet you that went over as well as a Led Zeppelin. Oh, so a heavy it would crash. A very heavy blimp. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. That's, I didn't know that. That's an old dad joke that my dad told me when I was a little kid. Didn't I? Didn't get that one. Yeah. I, my dad jokes were far more raunchy than that. Uh, oh, that's the one I father. can say on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, but Charles E. Kelly has decided he's going to be taking the offensive coordinator job, not in the NFL, but at The Ohio State University. You know what the best part about this is, selfishly? We still get to talk to him. No, we don't, because he won't be at Media Day. Coordinators don't go to Media Day. And I think this is the the larger signal here. Chip Kelly was done with being a head football coach The man just wanted to call—he just wants to call plays. But I think there is far more— layers to all of this that it's not just chip kelly just saying deuces i'm out which i know a lot of ucla fans and rightfully so you know leaving your team in february and then not going to the nfl which i think a lot of people would be like yeah i get it he wants to go back to the national football league but going and taking it at another college not just another college one that is going to be in your conference moving forward Mm -hmm. is a completely different story but what ryan day saw was a guy that was his mentor. Day was on his staff in mm-hmm. San Francisco. They're both New Hampshire guys. Mm-hmm. And he saw a situation where his mentor is like, I'm done with being in college football. When Bill O'Brien takes the Boston College head coaching job, he gave Chip a call and said, hey, man, do you just want to get out? And I don't blame Chip for wanting to get out of UCLA right now. No, they're they're in a position where financially they're not great. They ran in 2023. They ran at a 20 million dollar, or excuse me, a 36.6 million dollar deficit. A big chunk of that was the the updates to the Rose Bowl. They have been running at a deficit of 28 million in 2022, 62 and a half million in 2021, and 21.7 million dollars in 2020. I don't understand how they're running as a deficit, which kind of shows you the the level of dysfunction at UCLA. And it's not just in football. It's across, really, all the major sports right now. UCLA is, look, I, I, I know where my, my allegiances lie here, but it's not good when a program as storied and historic as UCLA is in this position. It's not good for anybody. And honestly, it's part of the reason why the Pac-12 disintegrated in the way that it did was that UCLA had to find a way to attach itself at the hip to something tangible going forward and here's the here's the other issues that ucla has going up against it chip kelly not a great recruiter to begin with it was very bad but the men of westwood which is their nil collective Mm -hmm. they came out and they said we've got huge plans to generate a, a ton of funds to support our athletic department they haven't they haven't really gotten off the ground in any functional or feasible way. And then you look, Chip is sitting there looking around the landscape of the transfer portal in NIL and watching guys go across the street to USC. Two of it was starting linebacker and starting safety went across yeah. to UC, USC and transferred there. Dante Moore, 
goes to Oregon along with, with under, taking the defensive coordinator under the understanding of hey, I might be a backup this year with Dylan Gabriel, most likely going to be a get back up to Dylan Gabriel. And he was okay with that. Like he, he was okay with the reset and the restart. So you have, there's a lot of layers that go into this and have the 80, was it 83rd best recruiting class in the country? 87th. They are are currently dead last in the big 10. All of these things kind of go down the, the line and you go, I get it from Chip. He had one foot out the door. And obviously, if you have an athletic department running out of deficit, you have a collective that is struggling to get off the ground and be competent and competitive with a conference that you're entering, which has the big boys and the heavy hitters of college football. You're going to have to split some money with Cal in the short term Mm -hmm. because of your departure from the Pac-12 as a public institution. The UCLA is not in a great place. No, and if you're going to stay somewhere in college football, why not go to the place that is printing money? And if you're already on the hot seat, an athletic department that is has all of those things going against it, get out ahead of it. Chip Kelly said, "I'm not getting fired again. No. I got fired in Philly. I got fired in San Francisco. I'm not going to get fired again." I'm so pick he where goes, I'm go. goes to Ohio State, where if he sits there, and, and this is Chip, kind of the bet on Chip being him doing this, if he wants to be a head coach again. In college in football. Well, in the NFL. Well, I, I don't. I, I think that ship has sailed think for so? him okay. being an NFL. But if he wants to go and get a, another power job in college football, he can go to Ohio State where they are. That team is, they're scarier with Chip Kelly as their offensive coordinator than Bill O'Brien, in my opinion. I Yes, also, I, I'd say they're scarier, particularly if, if they keep the play-calling duties out of Ryan Day's hands. And Chip Kelly. If Chip Kelly's actually the one calling plays. That Ohio State team gets infinitely more scary from, from my opinion. The man can coach football. Yeah, like I, what Ryan Day did or didn't do the last two years, calling plays. I think that's been a larger inhibitor because they tried to change their identity to compete with Harbaugh in Michigan and be what they weren't when the successful Ohio State periods in the early periods they were day were about scoring 50 a game and being explosive at every level instead of trying to play the smash mouth brand of football. And in the, the notes coming out of uh, Ohio state, Michigan were, it was hilarious. There was a line that was Michigan didn't do anything other than sit there and wait for Ryan day and Ohio state to make mistakes. And I think if you're transitioning to a guy like chip Kelly in there with all of their resources, all of their money, all of their hierarchy, all of their recruiting, and you're letting Chip Kelly be Chip Kelly. That program gets scary immediately. And what Chip Kelly can do there is decide one of two things. Either be the, the play caller and just be fat and happy, and or do I want to let the NCAA and Congress and everybody sort this mess out for the next five years and then come back and be a head coach at a power school when stuff makes more sense and it's not the Wild West. Yeah, and you can even simplify it to Chip Kelly can go to somewhere that has money, that has a a collective in an NIL infrastructure that is, is competitive with everybody else, and he can point to them after you know just dominating at Ohio State and say, if I have the resources, look what I can do. I can do it. Yeah, I I can do it if I have the resources. Plus, if you do that, how often do we get this? Ohio State is a power recruiter. They always will be a power recruiter. You get coordinators that get jobs that 
because based off of what the head coach and their recruiting staffs do, right? <laughs> right? And he could say, hey, I have seen what the highest level of recruiting is. Now I can formulate my own staff and I can do it this right way in this new era of college football. For me, I think Chip is just at this point in his career saying, I'm okay with being a play caller. I'm okay with being a play caller. And if that's all it is, that guy has made enough money to where he doesn't have yeah. to work again if no. he ever wants to, but he can now just focus more on football and Ryan Day takes over all of the recruiting stuff. They're recruiting offices at Ohio State their machine are some of the best where yeah he goes and gets to talk to athletes but he's not having to try to win them over he just talks about the football aspect of it and Ryan Day can do the sales here's what we're gonna do with you and with that Chip can do stuff and I think that this is a scary move if you're anybody else in the Big Ten right now but for Chip Kelly I get it. it it's not as jarring to me as as it is for some people that he goes and takes an OC job in college not the NFL because everybody's like under the assumption that oh he just he's just going to jump to the NFL and everything else he's just going to stay at uh, UCLA nah Ohio State that's one of the that's one of the very few jobs that you probably do take as an offensive coordinator instead of um being a head coach somewhere else I mean there's very few of them that are that are even out there in Ohio State's one of them. Yeah, I mean, what what other jobs are on that level? Like Texas offensive coordinator. I think Texas is one. I don't even know if Alabama is one, but it's, right th- now th- that's the rehab tour one. And with Saban gone, that's no longer. There. I think I think Saban is the big key there. Yeah. Is that without Saban there? You know, maybe what, maybe Georgia now Kirby becomes that guy. Georgia is absolutely one, and then USC Oregon. I think that that's probably probably. It. I don't even know if Oregon. Is, I don't even. I don't know if Oregon is there. I don't. I don't know if Oregon is there. I I, I think I would give them honest. the nod simply because of what they've done with the last two coordinators. <laughs> yeah. Well, and look. That's where UCLA is moving forward. They need to make this higher really quickly. And what does UCLA do? Some names that are already popping up next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Check. Nina. Kansas City. It's a super week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy Three, at WarrenAllen.com. Two, on 1080 one, The go. Fan. Welcome to the This is the Tech Nine who Danny tried to kill earlier. Murderer. Listen, let's be honest. I'm still alive, 51. There, there is no try. There either is do or do not. Well, you did. So you did then. So you did. I, I killed the wrong one. Okay. Wow. This is the Chiefs hype song from our Party Like It's 2005 wrap-off, E-40's Niner Gang, <laughs> Tech 9's Red Kingdom. I, we've heard both of them now. Which one is better? Low bar. <laughs> Low uh, bar. I will say, this has got a nice little, nice little like B-movie vibe to it. Kind of feeling it. But the, uh. I bang bang niner gang beat. I think it's well that it's, just the way that E forty says it. Too, yeah, it's no. that bang bang niner gang. Yeah, no, it's a little bit more catchy. Yeah. No, it's 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 got a. This one's more football-y. Oh, for Red sure. Red Kingdom is more football-y, mm-hmm. but 
I mean, E40 hyphy, he's, it, it, he's it, got his, yeah. it's catchy. Yeah. Oh, super duper hyphy hyphy. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. I, I, I definitely want to turn a tight one. Yeah, we're ghost riding the whip yeah. to bang bang Niner Gang. So, so I think we're in all agreement, which makes sense. Niner I, Gang wins because I picked the Niners to win, and it it is kind of weird that Bang Bang Niner Gang beats Tech Nine. We, we got a little gunplay going yeah, here. Right. All right. Well, uh, the wrap off is complete. Names that have already surfaced for the UCLA head coaching job. This is going to be a job that I don't know how hot a commodity it is because of everything that we already outlined. Roster, depleted, kind of void of talent. You don't have a great collective going on. You have an athletic department running at a deficit. What names to look out for? Almost immediately, Brett McMurphy, Action Sports Network, he had the keep an eye on P.J. Fleck. Row the boat, Minnesota. Hmm. PJ Fleck is still doing a decent job at Minnesota. It's Minnesota, but don't we remember Fleck Bucks? Fleck Bucks are are really a thing. It's been an up and down ride. Uh, last year they were six and seven, not great. Yeah. But I think that's kind of your wheelhouse. You're going to get a guy who's at a at a at a power school that may be struggling. And I, have their up years and have their down years, and yeah, but I've that's also kind of what you do. The stuff behind the scenes with him oh, he's not little, great. It's, yeah, he's kind of the a little bit of a it's kind of like, It's kind of like Dabo, but turned up to a hundred. But he had he had a nine and four season in in twenty twenty two. I think if nine and UCLA, four in twenty twenty one. You're looking for eleven and two in twenty nineteen. I think you're looking I know this sounds terrible. I think you're looking less about wins and losses and more about program stability. I think you need to find uh I think you need to stay away from the fraudsters. And I think you need to maybe find a young leader of men type. I think a, a name that Oregon fans should kind of keep an eye on Will Stein, young offensive mind, a, a guy who is super bright. He gets rave reviews. Guys all like him. Guys all respect him. But uh, this is also really late in the hiring cycle, and I don't know if a guy like yeah. like. And here's the thing about he a, a guy like cycle. Stein: is you sit there and you probably look at it and you go, "Why would I?" It's no bad the recruiting it class. A little bit of a mess. Got a great thing going here. I can wait and bide my time a little bit more. And probably get a, to be honest, I would bet that if Oregon continues to do what they have done and that offense purrs like it has, that next cycle, Stein's one of the top five guys looked at. Because he can wait and take his time because the guy's still only 19 years old. Yeah, he is, he's also a child. <laughs> yes. But I, I I would imagine Stein would be a. What Kenny Dillingham was too. Well, that's kind of my point, is that he would be a hot commodity, and the reason Dillingham took that job is because of his ties there. I, I think that if Stein's a uh, a Texas guy through and through, right? Uh, played at Louisville. He's okay, a Louisville there's guy. A good, but, I mean, that's where he cut his teeth was, was Texas. So if a job like that opened up in that state or a job like Louisville, I can imagine those – and, spots. and Stein hasn't been floated out there. I'm just saying no, that, no, those no. are the type of ta- yeah, targets 100%. that you're going to be looking at. But I'm saying like is, is his talent coordinators, good good coaches that are young. His talent, what he has done, and kind of what to be entirely graceful to Lanning, his his pipeline he's starting to generate already uh, from that tree is. I think I think that's something you don't. We talked about this last week. The whole idea of, of coaches picking and choosing. 
I don't think you need to be desperate in that kind of situation. And if I was Stein, I I wouldn't go anywhere near that job. Uh, Deshaun Foster, former UCLA running back, who left uh, as the you left UCLA to become the Raiders running back coach. Mm-hmm. He could be a guy that uh, there's the Athletics. Bruce Feldman is is reporting. Uh, Ikaka Malo, their defensive coordinator. That's a great name. Maybe Tony Alford, the running backs coach at Ohio State. Uh, Tony White, the Nebraska defensive coordinator, and then uh, DeAnton Lynn, who just left UCLA to go over to USC yes. as a defensive coordinator. Maybe a reunion there. I think if you're a, a, a previous coach in this under this last regime regime with Chip and David Shaw as well. That look, he's not he's taking that, that job. But if you can get him, you do it. You in make that heartbeat. phone call. And he was he was interviewing for offensive coordinator positions in the NFL this offseason. Is that something that you sit there and you go, maybe he wants to get back in the game now? I David Shaw is That's a great a one. Perfect hire. Do you want? Well, obviously, yeah. Track record guy who stability. can recruit his butt off. But does he want to go yeah. through the college football no. thing anymore? And it sounded like when he left Stanford, the answer was no. Yeah. So. And things are like as as quote unquote limited or unstructured as things are at Stanford. I think they're significantly worse at UCLA right now. In this text says UCLA better job than Arizona. I don't know if it is right now. I yeah. I think I think Fish mm-hmm. now check back in three to five years. Well, but I think Fish put Arizona in a very good spot. Well, I think from collective standpoint, you have an NIL collective mm-hmm. that is going to play ball with you and is already. Kind of doing better what UCLA is doing, but financially the and school's a mess. To, and moving school, to the Big Twelve, the and, school's a mess. Yeah, financially, the absolute disaster. Which should be inexcusable at UCLA. Yep. Well, no, Arizona is Arizona's financial disaster. Two hundred million dollar oh, counting here. Yeah. yeah. Oops. <laughs> Almost a quarter billy. All right. Five zero three eight six four six three two six. That's the Vancouver Ford Texan. All right. Let's get back to the Super Bowl. Who do you trust with the game on the line next on the Fan? How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We're getting you ready for Pro Football's Ultimate Matchup. Give us a taste. Mac has a noodle on. Ooh, buddy. This is a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. I got hit in the head with the tortilla. Yikes! The Fan. Hour number two, way over rust. Come on, man. This is your fault. You guys can't read a damn clock? Oh, yeah, no, it's my fault. Uh, We are way over starting hour number two on this... uh, Holiday edition. Over. No, don't worry the, about that. Push the wrong button there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Nothing to see here. It's Super Bowl week. Chip Kelly just left to take an offensive coordinator job at it's another Friday. Big Ten school. What are we doing here? Can't expect you guys to shut up with all that on the on the board. Thank you. I definitely looked down and went, oh, it's 105. Bang Bang <laughs> Niner Gang had to be discussed. And Red King Kingdom. Red Kingdom. We got tech nined. <laughs> we did. We did. All right, uh, Whomst do you trust in this uh, Super Bowl 58 matchup? This game, I, 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 we've said it and we keep going over it time, over and over again. We both think that this game's going to be close. I think that's the most fun part yeah. about heading into this game. You just put you put your bread head into a pretzel. The more you think about who's going to win this game, who's going to show up, it. it it's staggering because it, it will be. You have two really good defenses, and San Francisco's mm-hmm. has been. A train wreck at times in the playoffs, but you know they've delivered name only. They deliver when they need to, and when they've needed to. Second half, they were outstanding against the Lions. You have to be good for sixty minutes over a course of a Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid and company, and you can't have thirty minutes of oh crap, we fell into a seventeen point hole. You're not going to be able to dig your way out of that again. And it's got to be complete football. And here's the thing about both these teams. You trust both teams. Yeah, and that's when was the last time you had a Super Bowl where that was the case? In all three phases. Where you couldn't immediately draw a line of like, yeah, but. And don't get me wrong. Every Super Bowl is great teams who get there, blah, blah, blah. So every now and then you get a great run or whatever the issue is. But. Every Super Bowl has had. Even like the Tampa-Kansas City Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. you trusted Tampa, the more complete team. There were faults on the defensive side for Kansas Mm -hmm. City. And that played out in that game. I mean, thirty-one to nine. Meanwhile, on the, really close on the other side of the ball. That the, or the other the other team in Tampa Bay, like you said, the complete team. They were complete in all phases to the point where it's like, yeah, no, this it should be overwhelmingly Tampa Bay is favored. I'm just going. If you want to go back and say, find 
probably, I mean, Super Bowl 49, that New England and Seattle, Seattle game. That was mentally, I went, that's where I went in my head, but I couldn't remember every single matchup between them. Like, it wasn't by name, but we knew the Belichick defense could be trusted. Absolutely. You had a, a phenomenal defense in the San Francisco or the Seattle Seahawks at that time. You, you had two really you damn good quarterbacks. Running games you trusted. I think that the weapons aspect for both offenses, it, it's like the complete opposite of what we're getting in this game though where they were both limited weapon wise Unders- offensively yes, and then you but you looked at their and deployment said, was good you knew that they were going to they you knew they were going to score but you didn't know who i think you have on what makes this game so fun is the fact that San Francisco has their regular season body work defensively and you have this playoff body of work that's just been stifling from Kansas City. You have one of the best defensive coordinators in all of football going up against one of the best play callers in all of football with Spagnolo and and Kyle Shanahan. And the fact that what how does this chess game play out personnel wise? Because one thing that Kyle Shanahan will always do to you is he will put you in that bind of, you know, multiple personnel schemes where you can be spread out and you can condense and where they put teams on their heels is if you bring in a nickel or a dime package, which is five or six defensive backs, and then they'll say, fine, we'll just motion everybody in, and George Kittle will put his hand in the ground, Debo Samuel will line up in the backfield alongside with Christian McCaffrey, and now you're going to play with five or six defensive backs, and we're going to put you in a damn phone booth, and we are going to maul you. Oh, you want to go big? Okay, you want to go big? We'll just spread you out then. and With the same exact personnel. The same personnel will be make you defending 53 and a third. And even if you want to load the box, go ahead and load the box because we have people that physically are mauling. They will maul you. Trent Williams, George Kittle, Debo Samuel will maul you. Good luck trying to bring down Christian McCaffrey in the backfield or Debo Samuel in the backfield. And then you want to go uh, and take away any of those guys? We got Brandon Ayuk. You got third and Juwan, Juwan Jennings. Mm-hmm who you can go to as the possession receiver right across the the middle of the field. That is the absolute pretzel that the defensive staffs are are putting their brains in. But then you have Steve Spagnuolo who goes, I, whatever you throw at me, I've seen it before because you know what team I beat in the Super Bowl? I beat Tom Brady and Randy Moss in the best offensive team ever. Yeah. I did it. Like this is, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good old feather in the cap. The flip, I mean, my God, you know, and the, it's this great. Isn't, this isn't a takeaway from what we've talked about, and this is maybe a little bit of a squirrel, but Trent Williams exists. Trent Williams does exist, and I wonder now that he's finally getting this opportunity. What does 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 Shanahan have a little something? Does he does he take a little something from the Lions here? Maybe put Trent Williams, the most dynamic monster we've ever seen in the game, in the open field. Yeah, but here's the thing that the luxury that Ben Johnson and that Detroit offense have is Taylor Decker being your left tackle. Certainly, when you move Penny Sewell around, you don't have that with <laughs> no because that is the crazy part is Penny Sewell and, and as good as Trent Williams is, he is not the athlete that Penny Sewell is not not anymore. Where Penny Sewell went and he stuck it like he's a receiver running a post route. And made the defensive end jump out inside of him, and then went right around him and kicked out. The Hearing the Long backer. Brothers talk about that, 
they've got their podcast and he's like, yeah, no, he stuck it and shook the defensive lineman and still decided who wanted to go down. And now you've got this 340 pound monster turning the corner downhill on your second level. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? The reason I bring up Trent Williams is we, we talk about all the weapons and I feel like he is not discussed in a manner that is reminiscent of weapons because I think like Panay Sewell, I think Trent Williams is a, a weapon in their ground game because of what he can do. Even if he's not, you know, pulling around the backside or on a, on a counter, because if that guy gets to the second level because of how Kittle blocks, because of how Ayuk blocks, because of how Debo Samuel blocks, this, this it's the best it's the best run blocking wide receiver quality in the NFL. I don't think that anybody's even going to argue that. And when you have the, the luxury of having a Trent Williams, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, who can now work his way up to the next level if they get into some tunnel tunnel screens or something like that, I start wondering like. I, I ended up picking Kelsey in this poll because I think individually. Oh, new poll up, by the way. Who do you trust with more at the game on the yes. line, Debo Samuel or Travis Kelsey? And I went with Kelsey, and he's overwhelmingly winning, winning it right now. But on that, that's on the individual level. But I think on the team level and the way that that 49ers team comes together and in their, in their plays and in their scheme and how things are designed, I, I think if the question was posed differently i would go with debo but if you're just asking me apples to apples who do i trust trust more travis kelsey it's kelsey right it's kelsey and i think that's kind of the 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 what's at play in this game is the difference between the individual versus the concept i think every play debo samuel is more impactful than travis kelsey is sure. because of it's not even when he gets the ball it is the attention that he garners from a defense when in motion, in the amount of eyes that have to be on number 19 as he crosses the formation, because he is the threat to carry the ball, receive the ball. He is a vertical threat. He is an underneath threat. It'll be anywhere from zero to 40 yards downfield. He is going to get the ball. Uh, and how do you defend that? Oh, by the way, you also have to account for George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk as well. Have fun. That's that that's nuts. So it like it's the impact of it. I think that that that's where you're talking. And one thing that we've we've heard time and time again, and I'll be really interested to to, to see how this plays out. There sure is a lot of backlash coming San Francisco's way. Let's talk about that next. Danny Dusty on the fan. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. 49ers are getting called the 40 Winers heading into the Super Bowl. People are very upset with them. Well, I mean, they, they between the two teams, hilariously, they are the diva team. It's just Patrick Mahomes is the biggest of all of the divas. I don't. A lot of it, I'm not quite sure why people are so upset. Because, okay, what are we 40, not 40 whining about in this, this, leading up to the Super Bowl? We're talking about practice. The practice They're field saying being torn to crap, which it is. I think that that That's is fair. a valid concern. But also, you will have players, and, and the players have said, it's really not that big of a, it's just a report that their field is a hunk of crap. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we practiced and played on bad fields before. I mean, that's what their players are literally yeah. saying. Our field sucks, so we're yeah. kind of used to it. And so, but they're like, ah, whining about the practice field. Are they? No. You have the 
uh, Nick Bosa and Christian McCaffrey said something as strange as a foot because the fire alarm went off at their hotel and they think like obviously somebody I think Nick Bosa's quote was obviously somebody pulled it. I mean, look, that's entirely normal. How many times has this happened happen leading up to a Super Bowl? I feel like we we it's get every this year. every year or every other year or something it's like very, that. Very, very, very normal. But they're like, they're whining about that. It's like No, they somebody asked about it and he's like, Yeah, somebody did it. I don't think that's I, I don't see that being that big of a deal. No. And then the the big third one here and now this one is actually I could see they're starting this thing of trying to manipulate the narrative heading into the game that the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line holds every play. Which I would call that gamesmanship instead of whining, but I'll hear it. If you want to call that whining, go ahead, because they're already saying, hey, they are going to be holding us all game long. You know, that's something that we're expecting as we head into this game. But I think it's gamesmanship because it's smart to kind of plant that seed already and say... They're get referees are hearing and seeing all this stuff too. They're not immune to this. They're not just locked in a closet right now. They're seeing everything that's that's being said about this game. And if you want to get that seed planted in the official head or people heads, go ahead, plant that seed. I don't have a problem with any of it, but people are all of a sudden really upset with the 49ers because I think that they just have to be upset about something because. Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes' sure. family is what they complain about with the with the Chiefs. Also, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he does whine. He, he whines incessantly. He's he is the Luka Doncic of the NFL. He there's a time to complain about something. He will do it. But I think what we're seeing from the 49ers, I, outside of uh, the last one you mentioned, there, I just I don't I don't think there's anything there that's untowards or whiny. I don't either. I, but that seems to be, I know Ross Tucker, uh, CBS Sports, mm. he had a big rant about it. People are saying they just whine all the time and they're just already bitching and complaining about everything. Get over it. I think people asked questions about, hey, what happened? And they answered them. And there's, hey, does your field suck? Yeah, it sucks. Hey, did somebody pull the fire alarm? Yeah, it sucked. But this is also <laughs> what happens when you have two weeks and everybody's focus is on one game. Yeah, no, you, you run out of storylines. You got to find something. The old what was uh, Colangelo's thing? Find a new slant, isn't that? Yeah, my my caller's my caller is a perfectly. It was Colangelo's wife it's, and her call, burner account. Yeah, his callers uh, are are totally are a totally fine size, and you need to find a new slant. So good. And then Game of Zones did a cartoon where they gave him a collar that was twelve inches long. Well, it wasn't that far off it from what so the great. reality God, of they need to bring that back. Of it really is forty winers versus. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, huh? The Chefs. Can I'm, I just say shout out to Stinkers for bringing back the great Googly Moogly? Is Andy Reid. Mm, love One it. of the best actors was, of our time. One of the best commercials ever was when that first came out. And he's got great Googly Moogly and he's got Chicky Chicky Nugs. <laughs> what can't he do? Coach, it happened again. We'll catch him. I have a feeling that Andy Reid is going to become an actor when he's done. And I'm here for it. I He's wanna, from LA. I want to see him do some like something about Mary appearances, like Brett Favre. <laughs> Nothing but cameos. Yeah, just just give me the Nothing good good cameos. cameos. Love it. All right, coming up next, we will have Ryan Horvat on from BetMGM tonight to uh, preview all of our Super Bowl gambling uh, extravaganzas. But first, here's the big news: Sports on update. I hear they got some tasty burgers. Leading ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month, featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer. Elk King. 
the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Online now is the host of BetMGM Tonight, Aussie Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvath. Insider calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to BetMGM Tonight podcast for more of Ryan Horvath's analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcast. Live and on location from Sin City. Ryan Horvath, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, guys. Doing great. I've actually uh, been up here uh, in Vegas all week. A week is a long time to be in Vegas, but it's crazy. Uh, in my hotel right now, like all the team members and family members of the San Francisco 49ers are actually walking into Aria right now. Uh, so it's been a crazy week, man. A lot of people out here, obviously. Like, you know, Uber Uber rides and walks that take usually like three or four minutes in Vegas now take like 20, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you're definitely hopping in, number one, uh, almost guaranteed to be a Tesla, and number two, everybody going to the exact same places at the exact same time, so everything takes forever. Yeah, exactly. How many like, days have you been hungover? Um... All, set, all five. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's what Vegas I love right. to hear. You're, yes, you are properly taking in everything that Vegas has to offer. All right, let, let's get in the Super Bowl. Obviously, there's there's hundreds of bets that you could possibly uh, place on this game. As you look through it, and this is – I love asking this question to guys who, like yourself, who you're in the thick of it. You log into the to the app, the BetMGM app, or here locally we have we have the DraftKings app here in in Oregon. This is the only one that we can really use. Where yeah. do you go first when you're looking at at betting for the Super Bowl? Because yeah, DK, there's hundreds of them. Oh yeah, I mean there are so many of them, and DraftKings has a great menu as well. Um, you know, for me, so we could start with like the side and the total. I. Uh, actually haven't played anything in the game because before the season I played a little bit of San Francisco. So I got some really good prices on them to win the Super Bowl. Trying to figure out if I should hedge or not because I hate betting against Pat Mahomes. But I think I'm just going to let it ride. I I do think that they're the better team. And then uh, on the total, I actually like the under, man. I think everybody, that was the first thing that I, that jumped off the page, you know, as I looked at the total and I thought, all right, people are going to think Pat Mahomes against this 49ers offense that just has so many weapons, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, you know, Christian McCaffrey, so on and so on. But I think both teams are really here because of their defenses. Like the Chiefs, you know, Steve Spagnuolo is so damn good at his job, and I really like their corners. They struggle a little bit against the run. For whatever reason, Baltimore decided not to run the ball. But then same thing with San Francisco, you know, a pretty tough defense. So first thing I looked at was the total, took the under, and then just the player props that I wanted to grab the overs on. So that's always my way of looking at, like, the Super Bowl and the player props. If I want to play an over on, like, Christian McCaffrey – or George Kittle's receiving yards, I want to play it right away or as soon as possible, not day of game, because day of game, those things get inflated. That's when, if I want to play an under, that's when I play the under. Like, for example, I grabbed Brock Purdy rushing yards day one over 11 and a half. Now that's at 13. I still like it. Um, and then for my under, I went under, actually, on uh, Travis Kelsey, under six and a half. But I waited because, like, the prices jumped up a little bit. And now I'll wait until Super Bowl Sunday 
and I'll hopefully get like, you know, eight receptions or seven and a half, and I'll take the under. Kelsey's great, but I think San Francisco with their linebackers might be able to uh, shut them down a little bit. Horvath, that's actually where I kind of wanted to go with this, is the difference between the two weeks leading up to and what you can and can't or will or won't uh, place a little scratch down on and how how much – game day bets change during the Super Bowl versus uh, even earlier playoff rounds, let alone the regular season. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like the Super Bowl, this Super Bowl, we talked with a couple people here at MGM, is going to take more money than any other Super Bowl. I mean, one, it's in Las Vegas. The other thing is, you know, I mean, there's legalized sports betting pretty much everywhere. Not everywhere yet, but, you know, most places. So they think this is going to be the most bet Super Bowl. And it kind of works like early on in the week, it's like Chiefs opened up as three-point dogs. That jumped off the page for everybody because they were getting a full field goal with Pat Mahomes. But the only thing is you couldn't bet the full max, like which I would never be able to do. But like the pro gamblers weren't able to get down the full max of what they'd be able to bet. That doesn't come until Wednesday or Thursday. So like now in Las Vegas is when we're seeing the bigger bets. You know what I'm saying? Like you know the other night there was like a $1.5 million bet on the San Francisco 49ers. Now coming up a little bit later on tonight, or tomorrow there will probably be an even bigger bet on the Kansas City Chiefs, and then the line shifts. But, you know, the NFL just as a whole, it's, it's, it's so much money getting pumped in there right now, not only just with, like, betting, but with daily fantasy and the same game parlays and all of that. So, um, you know, it changes throughout the week, and it changes every year, but the Super Bowl is, you know, a lot more bet than the other playoff games, even though those are getting bet, obviously, too. What's your stay-away bets in the Super Bowl? Which ones do you just say, nope, I'm out? So, you know, it's funny is I'm like really um, – I like to like throw down a couple bucks. I'm like the coin toss, I'll play tails usually. Uh, so that, that one's not really a stay away for me. But I stay away this season from the uh, Taylor Swift props. Uh, I don't want nothing to do with those, even though I love Taylor Swift. And then usually um, <laughs> you had to qualify that because you don't want the Swifties coming after you. No, you don't want no. that. You always have to say, but I love her. I just stay away from it. I stay away from like the long shots. Like, for example, there's a Super Bowl records page. This is this is how crazy the Super Bowls become. You know, it used to be you could bet like 10 player props, you know, uh, like a player's passing yards, rushing yards. Now you could bet first play of the game to be a runner or a pass. People actually do that. I stay away from that. You know, uh, first drive of the game, field goal, punt. Uh, I usually stay away from that. I didn't this year. I played San Francisco to score on their first drive. Really good price, too. Uh, You know, so I guess, damn, to answer your question, man, there's not a whole lot that I do stay away from (laughs) for the Super Bowl because I really love betting it. And I've even got, like, my wife involved now because I love betting the halftime show. Uh, I bet Usher, you make me want to 11-1 to to be the first song. I think he goes with like his classic hit. Everybody's betting, yeah, that's the favorite. He's going to play that. I think he's going to perform that. But you can't open with the banger. You know, I think you got to no. kind of ease in. So I, I kind of get in on all of it, man. I'm, I'm a complete degenerate when it comes to the Super Bowl. But very uh, safely, of course, right? we got to use like bankroll caution. There we go. There we go. Well, okay, Usher, halftime bet. Uh, yep. Danny, what was the line on will we see Usher's plus, nipple? Plus 100 on Usher nipple. Uh, Usher nipple oh, yeah, plus 100. Yeah, let's, you got to go over on that. See, like, we don't stay away from any bets. Like, this is fun. And then if you're at a Super Bowl party, or even if, even if you're watching the game alone, it's just like, you know, it's, it's so fun, man. How, <laughs> hey, here's a, here's a question for you. How, as a gambler, how can people, like, spice up the, the pools or things that you've seen at Super Bowl parties that, you know, you're not at a casino, but what have you seen that you've liked uh, in front, making a little fun action at a Super Bowl party? 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we do like the classic squares, uh, so pretty boring there. Uh, but, man, like we do it for the entire playoffs. So everybody who chips in like $75, $80 this year, I think we went up to. And then at the end of the first half and the end of the full game, all throughout the playoffs, every single game, there's a winner. And then it goes up and up and up. And then the Super Bowl, that's like the big money payout. So that's what we like to do. And then uh, there's like prop sheets. You could print them out or you, you could go to a, you know, if you got a casino near you, you could find the prop sheet. And so that's what we did at the Super Bowl party that I had uh, a couple of years ago. And everybody just filled out the prop. And then it was like the most winners. And I had to tally it up. So I you know, did it the next day. We all chipped in just like five bucks got the entire pot, you know, and it had everything like Pat Mahomes passing yards, McCaffrey's rushing yards. What will be the, um, you know, opening song of Usher's halftime performance length of the national anthem. They literally have like a prop sheet and there's like a hundred things on there and you could all fill it out. Like I said, five bucks. That's a lot of fun. What is the single most deranged bet that you were going to make or you've made for the Super Bowl? Oh, I did consider actually. Will Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift? I wanted to bet no, though. Like this isn't mm. the dude from Boise State on the field. This isn't a movie. Yeah, I think they probably get engaged. I just don't think it's going to be on the field after the Super Bowl. And then the two craziest ones I played—not really crazy. Well, we bet the Gatorade. My kid always wants to take blue, um, so we always take that. But I bet players to throw a pass in the game over two and a half. Just because if quarterback gets injured, we're obviously getting three quarterbacks, and we see trick plays. Like, I could easily I, – I could Love see Christian one. McCaffrey throwing a pass in this game. And then the one that never hits for me, but I play it every year. It used to hit all the time, but now they've changed the rule. Uh, will the opening kick be a touchback? Mm. And I always answer no, and it's plus 300 right now. I always just think, like, kick returner wants to make a play in the big game, going to take it out of the end zone, and you can win $300 on it. So that's one that I play. All right, Horvat. Well, enjoy it. Uh, hopefully, your uh, debauchery period in Vegas uh, leaves without, uh, I don't know, any handcuffs. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Let's uh, <laughs> catch up and uh, talk some college hoops soon. Love it. Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you. That was those of BetMGM tonight and Odyssey Sports betting insider Ryan Horvat. Insider calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Coming up next, it is our worst day on the web. And, well, listen, Jeff Rust is our wonderful producer, and he gave us a whole bevy to choose from. So, uh, so we, we'll, we'll sprinkle some in there. I'm not sure which way we're going to go yet. We'll get to that next year on Danny and Dusty, Danny the fan. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, that sucks. This is a bit of dealer's choice here, and I'm making an executive decision. This is from the account of at Jim Bethel, or Lord Bethel in the UK. Lord Bethel. This is a tweet. See if you can tell me I have not looked what this. this is in reference to. I hope the executive team are ashamed. It's not illegal, but it's harmful. It'll weigh heavily on their future career prospects, and it's disgusting. They should know better and use their many talents to find less egregious ways to hit their targets. Ooh. What Ooh. was he referencing? This is a this is a, a member of parliament talking about executives and leaders. S- somebody's got an OnlyFans. I'm thinking OnlyFans here. Ooh, that's a good guess. Yeah. Um, Feet picks. Rex Ryan. That's Florida. No, dude. 
Don't 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 mm. underestimate the foot fetish of. I will say right now that was the there, Brits. There was a, a research project done by somebody uh, that highlighted that feet finder is used most in the state of Florida. But that may be Florida man actually looking for like lost feet. Like they find a, a foot in the swamp, they're like, I think I put it on foot finder, man. Put it on. <laughs> foot. Hey, did you lose your foot to a gator? Here's your foot finder. Found it. Yeah. Well. Unfortunately, no. Um, and that's not surprising. OnlyFans, not the, not the case here. Okay. Not the case here. Um, it is in reference to a Cadbury cream egg being put inside a Domino's pizza cookie. Wait. I've got a lot of things that I have questions about. Mm-hmm. Cadbury cream eggs are good. I love Cadbury cream eggs. If you don't like it, that's okay. This is America. But. What is a Domino's pizza cookie? Hmm. Uh, it is not a Subway cookie. It is not the footlong the cookie. footlong cookie. If you which, don't like it, suck it. God, that fit in there. The little too normally? I say it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. If it's... Does fit. It's um, the most insanely yeah. tight hole I've ever seen. Oh, come on, <sighs> Jeff. You said I got it in a tight hole there. I did. All right. I did. And also, the Cadbury cream egg is stuffed inside a pretty tight cookie hole. <laughs> you knew where I was going with that. Okay. So they have a cookie. <laughs> Every damn day. They have, they have the Domino cookie. They put a Cadbury, a Cadbury cream. Basically, they just wrapped a Cadbury cream egg in cookie dough and cooked it. Yeah. So this sounds Cadbury- delicious. What is this guy saying? Why did he make it sound like it's not against the law, but they should be ashamed of themselves? This sounds amazing. Yeah. Right? Look. Wait. I think I get it. I think I get it. Is it because it has flavor? No, it's because he's like they're just trying to fat us, fatten us up like Americans. Because I'm over here in America going, that's I want that here. No, give no. that to me in America. No, have you seen the Brits try American food for the first time? We need TikTok. Oh, their brains, have... yeah, their brains explode because there's flavor it, it, because it tastes like stuff. Yeah, seasoning. It's not yeah. all boiled, and that's what this is. It's like, like don't get me wrong, French patisseries. <laughs> Great. It hurts this, their rotten teeth. Like, and this guy, this guy's mind, it sounds like the biggest threat to, to England ever have been... Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's been Hitler, mm-hmm. Guy Fieri, <laughs> and Domino's executives. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he didn't want to go to Flavortown. No. We know he didn't want to go to Flavortown. No. And then these Domino's executives who are putting a Cadbury cream egg and a chocolate chip cookie, two great things individually, together. Diabetes. Look, I am. I am. Brumley I am not a. Uh, For what? What do you say? His name is Lord Pennypacker. <laughs> Lord Bethel. Lord Bethel. Lord Pennypacker's better. <laughs> Henry S. Pennypacker, mm. Seinfeld. <laughs> Lord Pennypacker. Lord Pennypacker. Way off. Swinson, Swanson, Swanson, Samsonite. It's like yeah, in Seinfeld, where they had the uh, the library investigator. His name was Bookman. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm not a big Cadbury cream egg guy, like where, where it's like, yeah, I want that right now. But when when the hankering comes around, a Cadbury cream egg is a, is a tasty treat. See, I'm good for a Cadbury cream egg. I won't say every year, but maybe once every two or three years. It's so rich that you can't do. I, there are I a lot. I'll, I do, I'll yeah. do the caramel, the Cadbury caramel egg. You know what? Maybe my favorite candy though. Mm. Cadbury makes the small chocolate. Eggs with the hard candy oh, coat around it. it. Mm. Yeah, 
It's pretty tasty. Those are so good. Can I, can I tell you something that will come as, as zero surprise? Yeah. I like to break open the Cadbury cream egg and like just like eat the middle of it. Just by itself. That's, That's not the least surprising. surprising thing ever. When you said yeah. when you when you said like something was going to surprise us, I was no. I said feeling I said like, something that wasn't going to surprise. Okay, you. Yeah, I, like, well, this, this is not. I thought the road you were going down was no. like you like pour it out and snort it. I didn't know where you were going with that, but for enough money, I would. <laughs> you would have been the kid that at lunch in middle school was snorting pixie middle sticks. Middle school, high school, uh, college, buddy. I snorted Which, wasabi for a hundred bucks at a that. sushi bar. With, 20 years ago. I remember the day, I think it was 8th or ninth grade science class, when we dissected chicken wings and then cooked them up. Yeah, I did that with the seasoning salt, too. I smashed up some Fruit Loops and snorted them up, but God, 10 years ago. But why? Money. Oh, my gosh. 20 bucks, you won't do it. Because I was 13 and dumb. I just... (laughs) I'm he not, said ten years ago. Yeah, I didn't, I, <laughs> he said oh, ten I didn't years stop ago. Stop being dumb. I was, I was, talk, like, I was talking junior high. But yeah. man, I've done worse for less. Guys, never. I was like, you, you guys all surprising. look like you are in pain right now. <laughs> that does not seem. The funny. wasabi was painful. Like I that. That sucked. So. The Fruit Loops was just a little. Ugh. Suki and I did the Great Balls of Fire one time. What's that? The, the Salvador Mollies. Salvador Mollies. Oh, Great Balls yeah, of Fire. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. brought in like the competition ones that were super hot. Yeah, goodness gracious. We were done for like a half hour. Like, you snorted we could, them? No, we ate them. Oh, no, okay. what? No, we ate them. And they would have wound up looking like Artie Lang. We were we were done, and Rop basically just was the only person that could talk. <laughs> I did the, the, and the he packy had, chip. He had the spicy ooh, margarita, maybe. Mm. But it had like. Ghost pepper and salt around mm-hmm. the rim, and even he, it, it, in hindsight, not the best For half hour of radio yeah. that we could have done because all of us were just like, ah. you can call us soft, that's fine. At least Suk and I ate those great balls of fire because Rob had the foresight to be like, I'm not going to do that. No, I did the I did the chip so like hot. was it two years ago? Three years ago? I think I did it dur- during COVID. I lost mm-hmm. a bet. Had to do it. Yeah. It sucked. It went away pretty quick, though. Yeah, and that's like the thing. Did, it didn't really last that long. And to be honest, at its worst, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh, well, I, I was. I was actually kind of like, "That's all you got." There's somebody here. I, did you just sex us in? Twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, well, okay. that's weird. I recognize that number. <laughs> Interesting enough. Of course I know him. It's me. <laughs> it's Ma. Do you want to talk a little bit NBA? Sure, yeah. Sneak that in. All right, we'll get to some NBA, some uh, Blazers, Pistons, some news and notes around the Portland Trailblazers. Coming up next year on Danny Vesey, Danny the Fan. Super Week is all about fattening foods. Put the good meat out for Dusty. Big screens. Come to my garage and we'll film something, bud. And good sportsmanship. I got a lot of problems with you people. How about you shut up? This is Danny and Dusty on Super Week. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. (laughs) The Fan. Hour number three here on Danny and Dusty on a Friday afternoon ahead of Super Bowl weekend, so it's a perfect time to talk NBA basketball. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, you you made it into the building last night. It was great. I had a great time. Feet me, on the floor. Feet on the floor. Me and my buddy Matt went to a Blazer game last night, and it was, like, I don't sit courtside 
ever. <laughs> Often? Ever. No, no, ever. Ever. But I, I, it was the opportunity to sit courtside, and I was like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's let's go. Let's do this. Let's have this experience. It was kick-ass. And like as a kid, you always like dream of mm-hmm. that situation. And the only other time I ever sat feet on the floor was for like the team scrimmage in like 95 sure. or something. It's a, it's a different experience. 93. And like Tracy Murray was winking at my mom the whole time. <laughs> Made me feel very uncomfortable about the whole situation. <laughs> but... It, uh, I have to call him dad. <laughs> dad, are you my new dad now? But it was, uh, it was really cool, and the game was great. And I was actually really surprised with the worst team in the NBA mm-hmm. playing against a 15 win Blazer team on the trade deadline. That the people in the building, it was actually a good environment. Was it a sellout? Nowhere no. close, no. but way more people than I was anticipating seeing in Moda Center last night. And For it sure. was a good, it was a entertaining game. Yes. Stop short of saying good. Uh, I would say it would be a, it was a good game until Anthony Simons got injured. Yes. Uh, he rolled his ankle late in the third quarter and did not come back. The Portland Trailblazers had as big of a, a lead as 23 and, uh, without Ant, without Brogdon, without Sharp, without Scoot, without Aiton, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the g- number of guys they had who could dribble pass and shoot dwindled to one. But this is like the important thing about this in, in like the trade deadline, though people wanted guys moved or whatever. Mm-hmm. The Blazers are way closer to the Detroit Pistons yeah. than you would like to believe if you don't have adults in the room. Like just look at what having Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons did to that game, and then you lose Anthony Simons and it had to turn into the Jeremy Grant show. And watching Detroit's offense is like watching somebody get their teeth pulled mm-hmm. with no Novocaine. Because all they do is just dribble down, try to clear out. There's no, like anybody in Portland that wants to complain about not having an offense that they run, watch the Detroit Pistons, yeah. everybody. It is far worse there. And yet, they still found a way to win that basketball game. Because they ended up out-talenting them because their top three, Jalen Duran, who is a complete monster at that, 20 years old. Grown-ass man. Yeah, he's not... Talking to guys in the locker room, they were like, what does this guy look like when he's 25? I remember seeing him in his first summer league. Yeah, I think it was against the Blazers. Yeah, it was against the Blazers. Yeah, he he dumped dude. right in front yeah, of me I, five I, feet away. And he, I remember coming back and being like, whoa. Yeah, he had a 20-20 game last night. He was incredibly dude. effective. Physically, he was just a monster. He looks like a tight end, NFL tight end. Yeah, I mean, he's, and he's 20. Not 24, not 25. He's 20. Big dude. He's incredibly raw, but he's going to be special. Uh, Cade Cunningham returned. He was effective. Um, Jay Nivey, uh, they they went full money ball with Monty Williams in Detroit. They said, can't play Pena in the sense of he had been playing Killian Hayes, and the front office released Killian Hayes so he could no longer play Killian Hayes over Jay Nivey, who's a million times better. It, I, I don't understand how you got down that level. But enough about the Pistons. The Blazers, with f- four of their top five out, uh, six of their top seven out. Once <laughs> Anthony Simon rolled his ankles, or rolled his ankle, it became the Jeremy Grant show. And I, I people were very mad and at me on Twitter for saying earlier in the game that this is why veterans matter. As you saw, they what so was much. happening, and people have the game like, "What do you think now?" And I'm like, "I think it doubly more so because you saw exactly if they didn't have Jeremy Grant last night, they'd have lost by forty. It would not have been pretty. It would have been un." Jeremy Grant had a career-high 49 last night, and people were like, yeah, he was only ISOing, he was only doing this. And I'm like, Jeremy Grant had like a 50-50-90 a 
game last night. And people are mad because he went ISO. He or, had to. He had to, though, because, yeah. I mean, you look at it, you're, you're, you're point guard for the entire game, basically, but your closing lineup point guard was Ashton Higgins, who pulled up for color. three and missed wide left and didn't even hit the rim. Didn't get the shot clock. And that was like, at that moment, Jeremy Grant said, no. It, it was a little frustrating, though. You like, basically... Tumani Kamara and Jabari Walker would just walk down and just stand in the corner. And I could tell, like, there was a little bit of frustration there. Of There was no creation and no attempt to create for any of those guys. And that, to me, is that is a big issue. Like, if, all right, so we lose Ant. We are clinging to this lead that we saw go from 23 to 18, 14, 10, and then all of a sudden it's gone. And you can draw a straight line, ESPN's little probability index. At 4.59 remaining in the third quarter, when when Anthony Simons checked out, they had a 99.3% chance of winning, and it's out for the rest of the game, and it goes, boop, completely the other way from and that moment on. There was, and that's the frustrating part, is you're not even trying to manufacture anything, but then, again, you look at who's going to get the buckets. Like, Jabari was trying to shoot threes because there was a moment where, like, in Tumani Kamara, I love him. Mm-hmm. I th- I like he is he is going to be like a, a fan favorite here in this city. Every for dad is going years. to have a, a a a love for both Tumani and Jabari for different reasons. But Tumani Kamara is he's gun shy right now. Yeah, and like unlocking that and just saying, "Dude, just pull the trigger and go." That is, and if he just does that in a game like last night, that's when you need it, and you mm-hmm. need that guy just to be like. Hey, if I'm going to was it, out there earlier, he was. He was significantly more more confident. But all of this is to say is that the Trailblazers lost a game to the Detroit Pistons last night because they were severely shorthanded and things went sideways. Uh, would I have preferred to see them win? Yes, absolutely. But I, I don't think it's this thing of like, oh, my God, they lost. You're missing six of your top seven. I I think you just kind of throw your hands up and go, yeah, that sucks. They were They were winning by 20 when Ant was on the floor. I think you can draw a pretty straight line. Um, but what did come out of uh, yesterday was Joe Cronin uh, made a uh, appearance. to He does these at, at the trade deadline and at the end of the season as kind of a state of the union, I would say. Um, and they didn't make any moves. I mean, well, they did. They made the Delano Banton one, but it wasn't official, yeah, how, so we couldn't address that. How dare you? Um, but they didn't make any moves of consequence, right? And there was, uh, I think, some frustration in the fan base, uh, but also I think there's some that, kind of like understanding of like, hey, this is kind of where they are right now. Let's see what they have with guys, particularly with Shaden Sharp's surgery. Um, but Jason Quick was there, and he ended up writing an article following the uh, press conference so I, I, that I th- think that is being characterized by folks as um, harsh, but why is it being characterized as harsh? Uh, without giving it away, I mean, Pay, support journalism. Pay for journalism. This is, again, Jason Quick at The Athletic. Uh, he said he was himself was disappointed in the trade deadline and that if they were focusing on something, he would have wanted to see something bold. And he said, I would, but I would have liked to, I would have liked something bold. A trade of DeAndre Ayton for starters. Although his play has spiked for his uh, for the better in the past month, his first months in Portland were defined by tardiness and tantrums, according to team sources. And there's been an eerie resemblance to Hassan Whiteside, the former Blazer center, whose statistics look nice but had little to no impact on the game. I push. I disagree with that. And quick, I, I love quick and 
what he in the work that he does. But they've been playing their best basketball the last two weeks <laughs> before the wheels completely fell off last night. In a game, in large, in. in large part because of his presence and the yeah. way that he's been playing. And I think he has the veterans in the room, the the adults in the room being Brogdon, Jeremy Grant. DeAndre Ayton is one of them, too, mm-hmm. who is and this is like the slippery slope of, you know, having those guys around the youngsters. It helps pull them along in, in the right direction. I bold move. We would all love to see that. But I, I the thing that sticks out to me more in that is the the tantrums and tardiness part mm-hmm. of the DeAndre Ayton thing because it, it, that has been something they've kept very insulated. We we've, we've seen and we know that in his past DeAndre Ayton very yep. moody in in Phoenix. Yeah, and you and I have talked about it uh, off air. I think we've talked about it a little bit on air. When DeAndre Ayton first got here, he had every right in the world to be frustrated and well, I shouldn't say right when he got here. It was the dominating, right? It was the rebirth. Let's see all these things. But then Scoot struggles mightily out of the gate. Ant gets hurt. Things go sideways. And the offense that they have built around Ant Aiton is nowhere near functional. They didn't have a plan B or C after that. And I thought Aiton was going to go off the rails. And to his credit, he did not. First six, eight weeks of the season, he was dialed in. Despite having the opportunity and, and, a, and a real reason to be like, screw this. It was in December that I think there, there was some stuff behind the scenes. And we've talked about it here on the show. He had some stuff happen in his personal life that did cause distractions and did cause issues and did cause him to go off the rails. Absolutely. Yep. It's all on the internet. Yeah. Go, just you go look go it up. It. And yeah, he did regress and he did play poorly. There's no doubt about that. And I, I've talked to the Blazers organization about it. I have heard that, yeah, there was stuff that was going on behind the scenes that, yeah, he was, there was times where he was late and yeah, there was rough patches. And I started kind of raising an eyebrow like, oh, maybe the Phoenix stuff was real. And that is, that's, as a professional, that's inexcusable. Yes. Right. I mean, those, your job is to show up and show up on time. And I know that people want to point to the Ice Storm game. Don't do that because that one was that legitimate. One was actually legitimate. That was actually legitimate. Yes. But there are, there are some, excuses that are not no showing up to practice late or showing up to the plane late or what whatever it is um walkthroughs anything uh and for those that don't know this stuff happened i'm not trying to excuse this this stuff never gets out because it never it it happens with guys and guys get in trouble and guys get fines behind the scene or they got to put in extra work behind the scene or whatever it is um but it, it going after eight in here seems a little bit weird Simply because number one, he has been playing better. Number two, comparing him to Whiteside, I I I find that to be incredibly unfair because what Aiton's played better and more reliable and more impactful in three weeks than Hassan Whiteside did in an entire season. Fact, I agree wholeheartedly with that part. So, but the idea that that Aiton has been perfect, no, there's no no, absolutely not. But his play over the last three weeks is more in line with what I expected out of him this season. And I, th- I do believe that, and we've talked about this, that, you know, this rebuild, this isn't year one, even though this is the first year without Dame. This is essentially year three of their rebuild. They shut guys down at the end of the last two seasons. We all know that. We know the reason why they did that in, in both those she- seasons when they get Shane Sharp and they get Scoot Henderson in the draft and you were trying to get a better draft pick. And this is kind of where, you know, I... 
the hey, everything is going as planned and accordingly. I do think that there is validity to no, there should be pressure that has continued to be put on a front office by a fan base mm-hmm. and by, you know, the members of the media because of the fact that you don't want to turn into Detroit. And I know that no. like that's not the plan for Joe Cronin or Jody Allen or anybody else. No, which is what they highlighted during the or Joe highlighted during the press conference yesterday was that they don't want to take any any steps further back, but they do want to rely more on the veterans. But if if it's just status quo again and again and again, and I think Quick kind of outlined it like, hey, we've seen inactivity on two deadlines. You know, he said two off seasons and two drafts, but I think they did. I mean, they hit a major reset button this past off season and they have gone out and they made plays to go and get drew holiday and turn him into Malcolm Brogdon. And they're bringing pieces in that are making sense to what the direction is. But I, I do believe that if this is about development and growth of young guys, while also not just putting out a complete clunker like Washington or Detroit yep. did, you know, until they're finally. And by the way, Detroit may have won last night in Portland. They also beat the Kings the night before in yeah, Sacramento. And had a 36 to 21 point fourth quarter. It was actually kind of insane. Um, it turns out the Pistons may be onto something here a little bit. But the flip side of this is I, when they made their choice and Damian Lillard requested the trade. Coming into this season, both Sprague and I have been doing the podcast and you and I talking about it here. I have said from the jump, I'm giving this organization two years. Two years from basically the beginning of this season to figure it out. The first mile marker is this offseason. If they come, if they go into this offseason and they basically just come back with the same roster plus some draft picks. No, they need that's to not that's not okay. That's no. absolutely unequivocally not okay. Not moving Malcolm Brogdon to the trade deadline, totally get it. I get that too. Bringing him back next year in the same position that they're currently in with the way the roster is constructed, that's a problem. This, what you need to make this offseason is moves that make sense to play alongside of Scoot and Ant because right now, with the way the roster sits, it doesn't make sense no. offensively, like at, at all. No, and they, they need to find a way to, to 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 balance that part of things out. And in that vein, I don't know if that's necessarily agreeing with Jason, but yes, I think that those changes need to be made. But he has a, a closing paragraph where uh, there was no building, just another major day on the NBA calendar gone by with the Blazers slipping further into the abyss and the sound of Cronin's bell of hope growing more faint with each fathom. And I've like... I feel like that's that's that feels a little not even harsh. That feels out of bounds for a team that is like if you want to say that the team has been tanking for two years, blah blah blah. It still had Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr. on it, but they shut him down. Yeah, but but my point and like is that is part of the this rebuild process where you're going. But no, they made a decision to part ways. There is a clear delineation, and that was my frustration with the Olshe. Is that there was there was never a clean break of Dame or C Damon CJ and then like going all in and instead of patchworking Agreed. or whatever. They made a clean break. And that is the second they get away from that, if they get away from that with this group, with this core, that's when you will hear me rail against it. I've had people say, Oh, you know, uh you you're you're Joe Cronin's mouthpiece. No, he's just doing the things that I want him to do. The second they start they get away from that over the next 18 months is the second you will hear me criticize him the same way that I did Neil Olshay. Go back to uh, June of this year or last year. 
I wanted them to build along with Damian Lillard. That's what I wanted to happen. You can go listen to the radio show, the podcast, whatever you want. They did not go that way. I did not agree. But this is the path they're on now. There's no going back. So if they're going to go down this line, then you have to give it the necessary amount of time to go through it. And you can't lose your mind at the first trade deadline post-Damian And that's You're going to go through times like this, and if you were asking for a rebuild and you're getting the rebuild, you're not about that life because this no. is what it is. This is what it is. And I agree with you, this offseason is huge. And, I mean, this is going to be the thing, is that everybody's going to kind of differ on what they feel is the piece that will make the most sense. And for me, personally, I do. I think that that next move is they need to bolster that front court. They need a four. Because it does make a lot more sense if you have Jeremy Grant playing the three, in my opinion. In my mind, looking at that in the way that he as a small forward could play as opposed to with a, a good power forward on the floor. Uh, he's He dropped 49 last night. I mean, he, the dude can get his buckets. But this team will make a lot more sense in, in that way. And you got to start making those moves. I mean, and that's the hard part is... You have collected some assets. You've untangled a mess from Neil O'Shea. Mm -hmm. But what people don't want to go down is the same all is well dog in the kitchen while there's a fire around. Yeah, it. no, the, the 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 stuck in the middle mediocrity stuff. And I think that that is where fans don't have a patience for it because they heard it for so long. And so no matter what Joe Cronin would say, mm -hmm. it won't appease. Th those fans yeah it's no, you, a longer road than what you want it to be yes and that's how this that's how rebuilds are always going to be and i think the uh crimes of the father i uh, in regards to neil olshay because it took so long to divorce the two i think are just going to linger no matter what so we'll see where it goes from here, here. uh the potent trailblazers play again on saturday uh, I would expect that uh, there'd be a couple guys out then as, as well. And I've already seen people saying that the Blazers are tanking. They're not tanking. They're they're beat up, unfortunately. And uh, we'll kind of see which way they start leaning. Uh, if they do start playing some younger guys, then you can kind of look at and, and see what the tea leaves are saying. Uh, coming up next, the NFL awards are out and uh, a bit of a surprise. And we'll get to those next year on Danny Dusty, Danny Finn. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. The NFL Awards were last night. Folks were crowned MVP, Offensive Defensive Players of the Year, Rookies of the Year. There were surprises up and down the board. I think MVP, not a surprise. Uh, Lamar Jackson. No. Not as worthy of it. Absolutely. I think our defensive and offensive rookie of the years, I think we all kind of knew that was. But the fact that the comeback player of the year was Joe Flacco. I, I mentioned was, this to you during that. And I said, I think he might have a chance. I think all of those people who voted for him are stupid. <laughs> and it is very fitting that. To be clear, Dusty said this to me off air two weeks ago when we were talking about this. There's no way you'd have to be dumb to vote for Joe Flacco because he played, what, six games? Yeah, and he threw he threw ten interceptions. <laughs> what are we doing? How dumb can you be? A guy came back from death to play football. Like you you literally like it like what I learned 
is that if Jesus played in the NFL, they'd be like, not good enough, bud. Because Jamar Hamlin. Did you throw a tutty? His heart stopped on the field, and it's an amazing story. It, the, the training staff it, for the Buffalo Bills, the medical personnel in Cincinnati, they saved that man's life. And that dude came back, and he was able to play in the NFL. Was he great? No. I don't care. Dude died on the field, and they're going to be like, no, Joe Flacco's 10 picks and his back-to-back pick sixes against the Texans in the playoff game. That'll do it for us. We're going to go Joe Flacco. Get out of here. Joe Flacco was the same Joe Flacco he's always been. All he did was put on a new uniform. I love that I was able to just wind you up on this one. Stop. Let him go. And you know what is perfect is that it came down to second place votes. That's how we won. Damar Hamlin had 21 first place votes. Mm. Joe Flacco had six or 26 second place votes to Damar Hamlin's seven. And that's what won him the comeback player of the year. You think the guy that came back from the dead would get more second place votes? Yeah, because idiots were like Miami folks. We know how dumb they can be on with the Damian Lillard trade stuff. Four votes for Tua. What did Tua come come back back from? Sucking? He didn't suck, though. Multiple concussions? Yeah. But it was like, he's going to play. We knew it. So he got four first place votes. Matthew Stafford, like comeback player of the year. Stafford gets hurt last year. Comes back, throws for a billion yards. Sure, he gets one first place vote. Ten for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield didn't come back. Baker Mayfield just was on his fifth team in yeah. five years. Yeah, no, he, he came back from being irrelevant. Gosh! Um, but, yeah, that... There, there's that. So there's, that there's, was crazy. There's that one for you. That got you all riled up. There we go. How did Defensive Player of the Year get you riled up? Because Miles Garrett won this. No, My, I'm in. Okay, Garrett was who I voted for on Garrett this. Garrett or we'll, T.J. Watt. We I'm we're good with either this. one of them. T.J. Watt has tweeted out, not surprised, seen this story before. Uh, Miles Garrett uh, finished with a pass rush win rate of 30.5%. Good God. Double team rate of 28.8%, but only finished seventh in total sacks. Uh, at 14, but we saw the impact he had, and we saw, I think this was a group effort. Miles Garrett was the best defensive player on the best defense in the league. Uh-huh. And he was crossing people over. <laughs> you know, he was doing, like, the fake killer crossover. And he, this is an award that he's never won, and I think you could argue in the past that he probably should have. And it was, I mean, he was incredible. Played him inside, outside, everywhere. Uh, Miles Garrett, yes, I'm good. Thumbs up. TJ Watt, you led the league in sacks again. Sorry. Uh, the rookies of the offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year, Will Anderson Jr. and C.J. Stroud, obviously very easy. Coach of the year, coach of the year, the guy that I picked won. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski. Kevin, Defan- Kevin Stefanski. And the reason I picked him, as much as I love Dan Campbell and the Lions, they have this fantastic story. The Browns were winning with n- no semblance of offense whatsoever. And injuries across the board. Dan Campbell, for the most part, had a very good and very healthy team most of the year. Now, yeah. their secondary was banged up, but outside of that, they had their dudes. Uh, well, suspensions for Jameson Williams. They did, have, they did have a significant amount of injuries, but I just, I think Dan Campbell having hosting the first, like people weren't picking them to win the division. No, definitely not. And they won the division. They went to the NFC Championship game, and I know regular season, whatever. Kevin Stefanski took a team that was supposed to be good, and they were good. Um, Dan Campbell took a team that hasn't hosted a playoff game 
since George Herbert Walker Bush was in office and he ended up going and playing in the in the NFC Championship game. But if, if Stefanski, like him, good dude. I'm I'm okay with that one too. I think like except for comeback player of the year, no issues. All good. All right. Well, coming up next, it is Friday afternoon, it is 2.30, which means it's time for all. But first, here's the big kahuna of the Sports Center update. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at warrenallen.com. On 1080 The Fan. It's Friday afternoon at 2.30, Because we're on time. Hells yeah. You guys can't shut up. You're cutting into my segment. Sorry. Tamar Hamlin died and Joe Flacco won Comeback Player of the Year. Make it make sense, Jeff. Most riled up Dusty's been in it. God knows how long. Without further ado, it is time for Jeff Russ. Oh. Oh. All right. Well, we got two more sleeps until Super Bowl 58 at Allegiant Stadium. Take that, Farhad. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that's just for you, Farhad. P1. 3.30 on CBS. Pre-game coverage starts this evening at 5 o'clock. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem this year. Over under on the duration of her version is 87 and a half seconds. You taking the over or or the under? Over. Reba's gonna hold that high note. Over. Over. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. I, she, not even the hold. She uh, she's got the drawl. It's gonna slow her down a little bit. I think it's safe. Uh, it's Super safe. Bowls can be notoriously slow starting. Will there be a score in the first 6.59 of the game? Yes. Or no. A sc- any score. Any score. Yes. I'm taking yes. I'm not, Again, I'm taking the over in the game, so I think the points are going to flow a little bit here. I think you're going to get some points early because of the fact that you have two of the best scripted offenses in football. Yep. Andy Reid, Kyle Scared Shanahan. money don't make money. Mm-mm. In both these defenses. They will settle in. They will settle in, but early I think you get best shots. Uh, will there be a score in the final two minutes of the first half? Yes. Or? No. I don't know. Yes. Give it to me. Yes. Because you want the over. Yes. Points. Yes. More, 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 more. Uh, total number of sacks. Over. Or? Under four and a half. Ooh. I'm going to go under because Mahomes hasn't really been a guy who's been caught recently, and I don't know if the Chiefs are going to get much of a pass rush. Also, less sacks, more yards, points. Ah! I think that you had the first sack was last week of Brock, or in the NFC Championship game of Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go under. And without a Menahue, that's another guy that they're missing. So I'm going to I'm going to go, un- I'm gonna go yeah, under. under under one uh, turnovers over or under two and a half. I think we're going to get a very clean game. I'm going to take the under. I think there's only one turnover in the game. I just look at two quarterbacks that are risk-averse. You haven't had a turnover-worthy throw from Patrick Mahomes this entire playoffs, and he's played in three games. Brock Purdy has flirted with disaster, but I don't think they get it. Fumbles may be an issue. Fem- mm. Fumbles may be the issue here, but I don't think you're going to get him for the quarterback, so I'll go under as well. Because that's three. We'd have to get three to hit the over. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I'm going to go two. Uh, position of the Super Bowl MVP, quarterback or other. I'm going to go with the field. I think you might, you're might. you going to get a stellar uh, performance from one of the other guys, whether that's Kelsey, Debo, or, or McCaffrey. If you're giving me the option for those guys or the quarterbacks, I'm going to take the field. 
I'm going to go with the field, too. I think we have a really good chance to have our first MVP be a running back since Terrell Davis did it in the 90s. Run CMC, baby. <laughs> All right. Or Pacheco, plus 2600 worth a $5 bet. Uh, this one, just a quick step away from the Super Bowl. Chip Kelly heading to uh, Ohio State to team up with his old buddy Ryan Day. Uh, Chip Kelly wins a national championship in Columbus. Yes? Or No. No, I don't trust Ryan Day. I think it's the best damn team in college football right now. I, I think Ohio. I think yes. I think he, I, Ohio State is damn good. Twelve team playoff. You have to go through a tough field now, and you have to grind it out. But look at what they've done. They, their roster is stacked. They are through the portal. They upgraded every position of need. They have been a strong recruiter for several years. I think what you have now with Ryan Day and his understanding, I need to step out, step aside and step out of the way from the offense and the play-calling duties. I think you have more stability there, and Chip Kelly can still call a hell of a football game. I'm going to go, yes. All righty, that's it. This you got fire. I think they might be your favorites to win a Super Bowl or to win the college football playoff next year. Don't buy it. Georgia is good, but... I think that may be it. I, th- I think Day is to say not good is criminally unfair. I feel like he is um, very good, but very flawed. Yeah, he is. But they're taking a lot out of off his plate. Believe it when I see it. Okay. Well, I don't know why you would bring in Chip Kelly and not have him call plays. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I know that part. I'm, I'm just I'm just talking about it just in general. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Russ, oh, the award-winning game show. It's award-winning because I said so. Coming up next, to put a nice little bow on the show before we get you ready for Isaac Souk and hand you off for the rest of Super Bowl weekend. Danny and Dusty, Danny the fan. Oh, yeah. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. It is Super Bowl week, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday afternoon. Next time we talk to you, football season will be over. Dude, you don't have to, you don't have to say that. Mm. You don't have to say, we know! Mm. We know. But then the X or UFL starts, so... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But You're it's not. sad. You'll watch it. I won't. You will. Mm, I'll watch a little. There you go. You'll have it on in the background. I'll watch a, a little bit. The clacking of the pads. Yeah, it'll be okay. But I, this Super Bowl has got everything that we, we could ask for, from the matchups that we've talked about ad nauseum all week long and that we've kind of broke down, the chess match between... Kyle Shanahan and Steve Spagnuolo, Andy Reid and Steve Wilkes. It's going to be a a phenomenal game. And that you can't ask for much more when you head into this game and you go, we don't have this one-sided affair where it's everybody's leaning one side and like, yeah, like last year's. I know Kansas City was the underdog. But they weren't. They weren't. They weren't. They were the better team. And now you have this game where I have no idea what the hell is going to happen. I don't know what Spagnolo has drawn up. I don't know where they are going to go personnel-wise on a defense that is without a minihue now, and you're going up against a team that plays with a physicality that they have not seen before. There's something interesting here, too. I, I, I shouldn't say we, we glossed over because we've talked about coaching so much. 
But typically in these matchups, there's one coordinator or one young coach somewhere where like this coach has got X to prove. Like it's yes, Shanahan winning the Super Bowl, like like winning the Super Bowl. But we all know he's competent and above competent. Like th- this isn't like winning in spite of. You I think I mean? you have that question with with Steve Wilkes running the defense in San Francisco. I think that's where it's at because of when they lost Talanoa Hufunga, mm. how far that step back was. I, I, Their secondary yeah. has been beat up, and it was like they've been getting gas. They got gashed two playoff games yes. in a row, and it. That I think you do have that question there because that first half they did look unprepared in the mm-hmm. first half, and he even said as much. Like the effort, it was embarrassing. In that game, well, so did what you were trying to do. It didn't. It didn't look like your guys were completely bought into what the scheme was. Now you have these two weeks to kind of prepare, get right health wise. I I think we're in for a classic uh, on Sunday. And making this even better is the fact that we're gonna have a joint cam. Have mm-hmm. you seen this? No. CBS is putting has installed a joint cam. They have cameras in the uprights. Make sure you put an emphasis on that K. They have a doink cam. Mm -hmm. Doin, doin, doin cam? Right over my head. I don't don't get that one either. Okay. We'll go. Okay. That's just maybe something I don't know. But you got a doink cam even. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. We, We need more technology. Pylon cam? Awesome. Pilot game is great. Also, the uh, the uh, chain cam. Absolutely. They just put pylon cam right next to the where yeah. the chains are. They put them right in front, and you can look right down the line. Right down the line. This is all it, all for the betterment of Why the game. Why are we not doing this before? It's fantastic. Now you have one on the uprights. Mm. I'm sold. I'm sold. And I just hope that the game plays out like we all think it will. Hopefully injuries aren't an issue. I hope we have... The matchup that this thing is primed to be, it, I, I'm really excited for this yes, game. I, hope- I have no idea where it's going to go. My heart says San Francisco. My pocketbook is going to be saying the Kansas City Chiefs. I hope this lives up to what we expect. Two very, very good teams executing at very high levels, and we get a great game. And it's also the over hits. And also and, the and over the 49ers hits. win. We all want the over to hit. We all want the over to hit. Mm. We all want the over to hit. All right. That'll do it for us this weekend. Uh, it'll be a sad Monday because football season's Enjoy over. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Up next, you got four hours of power from their mouths to your ears. It's prime time with Isaac and Souk. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the holiday season. Mm, bye. You can go and get on those polls. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.